There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So I was in the shower. I was cleaning my ass and making all the shirts all sparkly. Thank you, Clint. I'm not the funny one. I'm the pretty one. Cock shots. <laughs> I just checked myself out. Music, wine, and then loop up. The glory hole is like a, a like dick theater. I imagine you're proud. Which means your pants had better come off. Mama needs playtime. Uh, we're not sluts. We just love love. Hello, hello, hello. In case you don't know, we've been drinking all night and this is the third podcast we've done. So welcome to By the By, After Hours. Memorance <laughs> <laughs> edition. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where's your radio voice for By the By, After Dark? Welcome to By the By, After Dark. We've been drinking all night and we're hoping you are ready to join us. That's better. Thank, Thank you. you. My name is Bradford, and I'm joined here tonight with the beautiful, voluptuous, look at those tits. The gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm also here with those sexy, piercing eyes. The ones that you see from across the room. Kobe. <laughs> And I'm also here with, yes, you know it, he hovers over beds while your reindeer pulls their sleds. <laughs> he moans, he groans, he flies like a UFO at night. His name is... The Gentleman. <laughs> You've already done me. That's yeah, what we have. <laughs> Uh, we are back. We are back to complete our. Uh, like, if you listened last week and wanted to know what the history of the word queer was, well, you got fucked um, because it's, it's been a tough week. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Does that mean we need to do the history of the word fucked? <laughs> Fuck the only word in the English language that is an adjective, an adverb, a verb, a noun, a proper noun, and probably a pronoun, and a tasty meal. <laughs> uh, that's right. We've come back to finish up our etymology of sexy special words. Mm -hmm. But first, let's talk real quick. We've got the next pendulum party is September 23rd. The next thing that we will be at is the erotic ball. That is October 8th. 53rd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, go back to listen to last week. If, if this is your yeah. first week, like, welcome to the shit show. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, and then coming November 9th through the 14th, mm -hmm. we have Escape to the Tropics, where we are taking over a resort in fucking North Queensland. Uh, far North Queensland, F and Q. F and Q, Q, baby. Oh, yeah. Fucking Q. Yes, with the beautiful humans that are behind exclusively RHP. You just said fucking Q, like Q, like in Bond. Or Q as in Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, oh. all right. Okay, right? nice. Right? nice. Cool. <laughs> That's what I did. Uh, <laughs> yes, so look, we are jumping right in because like, my advice is if you missed last week, please go back and listen, listen to last week. We talk a little more about what we're actually coming up and doing, yada, 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 I don't care. This is all because of our brilliant people at Discord. That's why we're doing this podcast and last week's podcast because... Look, they're a great place to get ideas. Join us on Discord. Support us. www.patreon.com slash by the by podcast. Support us any level. You will be one of our Discord chatty people. Mwah. Love you. All right, Angela, take okay. it away. So, etymology of the word queer. 
Oh, we are doing it now. Like, no, we're not. We're not starting with it now. Uh, <laughs> that's like, yeah, that's wow, you've waited a week, and you can wait a little longer. <laughs> that's just. This crazy. is honestly pro at edging. This is what this is. It's entomology edging. edging. A- etymology. Etymology. Oh, entomology edging etymology. is when people put cockroaches on your dick, and you're like, "Oh yeah, uh, you want to come? We'll wait till after the nuclear explosion." Have you have you heard like the microphone up close to the cockroaches? They're like. ASMR. Yeah. What if yeah. we do like microphone sounding? <laughs> That's we what we do that. <laughs> <laughs> These microphones are quite large. <laughs> we'll work up to it. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. What do we got? All right, all right. So the first word of the day is swinger slash swinging. Okay. So we're going to. That's got to be an early one. That's got to be like 1960s, 1950s, maybe. Okay. What do y'all think? I'm going to take a bet it's come from maybe the turn of the century, maybe the 1920s. Okay. Oh, like dancing. Mm. Okay, okay. Uh, no, I, I think it's going to go back to the 1600s, early. Oh, wow. Early. Mm. I mean, swinging. It, like, I'm thinking like swings. So it'd be, it'd be a, a playground <laughs> thing. All right, so the gentleman's the closest. It's 1540s. Oh. One right. who or that which swings, which is an agent noun from swing. This is all from the dictionary, right? Also now obsolete. Anything big or great in the 1580s. And then in 1964, it came to mean a person who is sexually promiscuous. Also Old English swinger. That was a bit of a jump, wasn't it? It yeah. went from anything yeah. big or great. <laughs> Anyone permission? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's great. <laughs> but do you think like, what, what year was that yeah. that it went to? Also Old English swinger means one who strikes scourger. Okay, that means nothing to me. Yeah. Um, so, so the jump though that you're talking about, Bradford, was 1540s, one who or that which swings. To 1580s. Do you think like in the 1590s they were like, please don't swing shame? <laughs> so Thou shalt not swing shame me. That That's from the dictionary. But there is a general consensus that modern swinging, so what we consider modern swinging, uh-huh. began in the mid-century in the Air Force. So there may oh, have, oh, been, oh. There may have uh. been some underground clubs in the Roaring Twenties, but... It's largely thought. I know, I know. Everybody's honestly, everybody's going to get in on this one. Everybody's right. going to be right and wrong well, on this one. I mean, <laughs> as 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 the definition of the word proceeds <laughs> with consent, we will all be in on this one. Yeah, uh, but the general consensus is that it was military couples that brought it out into the larger culture. So brought it from the underground out into a little bit uh-huh. more. I'm not going to say mainstream, but more visible culture. Okay. Uh, the thought is that it had its roots from the U.S. Air Force fighter pilots in World War II. And so the, the thinking was that these men were wealthy enough to move their wives close to the base. And they had a really high fatality rate. And they, there was the highest fatality rate of any branch of service, which led to the, the social, uh, I'm going to say the social norms or, or the setup, whatever, that non-monogamy between the pilot's wives and other pilots became acceptable as a way of, of social support, basically. And so they had the support of the greater community when, when the pilots, if, the, you know, if they didn't come home or if they did or while they were gone kind of thing. Um, and so that this became very acceptable. And these arrangements, so this kind of non-monogamous arrangement, persisted around Air Force bases and within Air Force bases through World War II and into the Korean War. Well, is what's reported. Uh, uh, also, like uh, within NASA, I've heard. I've so heard sort of I was going to bring that up too. next. Thank you. I for, just looked yeah. that up. So yeah. thank you. Okay. Because I was going to bring that up was that like when we saw the movie The Last Man on the Moon, talking about Gene Cernan. Yes. Bradford and I we had this long discussion on our not very long walk home <laughs> about we were saying that we're pretty sure that that was a polyamorous or non-monogamous community because all the the NASA wives basically it I mean from the movie which you know I'm sure well, from listening to Gene speak right and uh, yeah also yeah because he was on stage and, ta- and talking and but like from hearing him talk like all of it like it, it sounded like they all lived together they all lived in this little na- they had to live in this little neighborhood they were all close together. The wives were very close. They all supported each other, you know, while the astronauts were, were off doing their things and while they were in space and whatever. And, and it's like just from the way that it was described, we walked away and were like, oh, my God, they were polyamorous. They were non-monogamous. Yeah, yeah. Like that totally. had to have been a swinger community. It felt like a polyamorous community. Yeah. Yeah. Listening to the way he's talked about how 
people would support each other and yeah. support their children and all this. And beauty. It, it was and, so beautiful. And how they would stay with one another yeah. and just just all of it. And it was like, yeah, it was just amazingly beautiful. But it was like this had to have been some kind of a swinger slash poly community. I feel like. I feel like it had to have been. Yeah. Something that Morning Glory would have been proud of. <laughs> yeah. And there's and we you know, we can't say for sure, but it sounded very much like it. And right. I imagine that, you know, the Air Force bases and the military bases and things like that, especially during wartime where there is so much fatality that that I feel like that would have to have been a similar type of thing, right? I feel like any of those like really stressful times in those stressful communities where you have these high stakes roles. Yeah, like that yeah, level yeah. of support is is needed, and and right? it's not, and and it's that isolation too. They yeah. have to live in isolation because they would have been under um, security orders, and you know it would have been very secret well, about I, what they I were also doing. Feel like so they, it makes they, perfect sense. They're kind sense. of forced to live their life while they can. Yeah, yeah and that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's a lot of um, there's a lot of explanation there that makes sense. Yeah. Now, to quote the country song, "If tomorrow never comes, <laughs> can I yeah. come on your chest?" <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and it is noted that, I mean, swinging, while maybe not culturally available, open, relevant type of thing, maybe not relevant, but open and in your face, while it may not have always been, it has been around since ancient times. There's there's evidence of swinging in prehistoric fertility rituals to Dionysian festivals to 19th century Oneida community. Yeah, it, it, so it's been around throughout history, but it seems like this is like what brought it to the forefront and to kind of attention of, of the greater public, really. Yeah, I think it's interesting because, you know, a lot of times we think of uh, like Knights of the Round Table kind of thing mm. and that whole courtly love. Because at the time, if you you know read through the stories, Guinevere married King Arthur for power, right? You were You were married for power. And then you had people that you fucked on the side and that was your courtly love. That's why she was madly in love with Lancelot. They had true physical love, love, like because they liked each other. And Guinevere and King Arthur, while they liked each other, well, they were. Think, it was all about power. I think he lanced her a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have a wah wah. Damn it, pussy. Pussy. I don't like it. Pussy. <laughs> he hit the wrong button there. It should have been the applause. Also, she doesn't like it. She doesn't like it. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's just, it's interesting because there's been non-monogamy and accepted non-monogamy for a very for long, very long yeah. time. Yeah. 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 Very much so. Yeah. yeah so I thought right. it was interesting. And I completely, absolutely would believe that. Yeah. yeah. Next word. Okay. Bisexual. Bisexual. This is an interesting one. We're going to go through history and we're going to, then we'll discuss. Okay. Okay. So the first use of the, the first known use of the word bisexual was in 1793 and it meant possessing characters of both sexes oh, at the okay. time. Okay. So this was a okay. Merriam Webster entry. And in 1859, so jumping ahead just a little bit, anatomist Robert Bentley Todd first used the term bisexuality to refer to the possession of both male and female physical characteristics in the same body. So today we would call that intersex. Yes. But right. he he referred to it as both male and female in the same body. Okay. So that was that was taken up for a while and that was used by sexologists uh, in the time. And then the beginning of the 20th century, it changed to mean a combination of masculine and feminine gendered characteristics. Mm-hmm. Now, a more modern meaning of bisexuality describes sexual and or romantic attraction rather than sex or gender characteristics. So we started out with sex characteristics, gender characteristics, and now we're on to more of an a, a, attraction rather than those two. And that only really came about in the early 1900s, around the 1910s. And so what was interesting is that during the same time, and even in the same text, you could they could refer to different versions of the definition of bisexuality. So Sigmund Freud um, made a claim about universal bisexuality in 1915, and he referred to it both as a combination of masculinity and femininity and as a sexual or romantic attraction. And he wrote, the sexual object is a kind of reflection of the subject's bisexual nature. So it's a bit unclear and a bit ambiguous, I would say, for a lot of that early history. Typical Freud. Yeah. So it's it's not a really clear answer as to what it original I'm saying originally meant, but what it 
it has meant and how it's changed throughout time. And even today, the definition of bisexuality can be very personal and very different. For people who define bisexuality who aren't necessarily part of the bisexual community, some people see it as two genders, whereas most people who are part of the bisexual community see it as, you know, my gender and any other gender. Mm. Or you see it as an attraction as opposed to, again, sexual or gender-related type of things. Um, Some bisexual people don't use labels. Some will identify a bit more as pansexual, and we'll kind of get to that in a bit here shortly. Throughout history, some bisexual people identified as heteroflexible, uh, homoflexible, historically a bit more heterosexual gay lesbian because they were more accepted, whereas bisexual was not necessarily as much. Some people will go by ratio saying 60-40 gay heterosexual type of thing. And again, it just becomes down to what's accepted and what's what's known in, in your world, right? Um, but it wasn't really until the late 1970s that the current understanding of bisexuality as an orientation or a capacity for attraction became more widely accepted in the UK. And at this time, there were groups being established in the UK, such as the London Bisexual Group in 1981, other groups in Edinburgh and Brighton, Manchester, Glasgow. So there started to be a bit more talk about the community, the bisexual community. There's an annual community event called BICON there. And so a lot of that started to come up really in the, in the late 1900s. Do you have something to say, Bradford, before I continue on? Yes, I was just going to say that typically for this podcast and the definition that I like is the Robin Oaks definition. That. We're getting to Are that. you getting to that? Go for it. Tell, me, tell us what it is. Uh, which is, I call myself bisexual because I acknowledge that I have in myself the potential to be attracted romantically and or sexually to people of more than one gender, not necessarily at the same time, in the same way, or to the same degree. Yes, and I love that definition. Absolutely, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And I would say that most people that we know who identify as bisexual would agree with that definition. Yes. Yeah. Because it's not about male or female. It's about myself and people who are not like myself. Those are the two genders. And attraction. Yes. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's something that I can definitely relate to as well. Yeah. Yeah. And in the, or since the 1980s, that terminology and the, the definition of bisexuality has evolved a bit to focus more on attraction of of quote-unquote both genders so then it became from both genders to more than one gender and that's where pansexual kind of popularized in the early 1990s um, because some people saw bisexuality as upholding those those gender binaries and so they brought in pan to be all to express that it's not limited by gender Um, And that's where I think there's a bit of overlap between bisexuality and pansexuality, at least for for some people, many people. And yeah, some people identify as both bisexual and pansexual. Omnisexual. Yeah, omnisexual. Uh, And and playing devil's advocate because like realistically, you're splitting fine hairs. And really the only people who actually win in this situation when we argue between omnisexual, pansexual and bisexual and others is the people who make money off printing the flags. Sure. Those are the people that actually win. So don't fight with each other. Fight no. with the people making the money, the capitalists that are making the money off of your... That's true. <laughs> um, but going back to Robin Oak's definition of bisexuals, so recent, I would say fairly recent history, she says that she accidentally noticed that Merriam-Webster changed their definition of bisexual huh? during a recent Google search. The Merriam-Webster dictionary had named the non-binary pronoun they in its 2019 word of the year. Mm. And so she wrote a letter in collaboration with the LGBTQ media advocacy organization GLAAD asking for an update to the word bisexual because the expanded definition of they created a contradiction in your binary definition of bisexuality. So before the change, Merriam-Webster defined bisexuality as, quote, attraction to both men and women. And then a more inclusive definition was added, quote, of relating to or characterized by sexual or romantic attraction to people of one's own gender identity and those of other gender awesome. identities. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's good that they updated, you know, based upon that, because I mean, absolutely they should. And especially if they have a contradiction in their own dictionary. Um, and yeah, and you, you've read her definition of bisexuality, but it's, it's just interesting how some people will look at that history of the word bisexuality and how, complex it is and how it's not a con even now it's not a concrete completely wholly accepted definition amongst the community and how it's changed throughout time and they'll use that 
a bit, as you said, Bradford, as a weapon to, to erase people's identities. And so they'll yeah. use that a bit and by erasure and say, oh, it's just a phase. And that has a very negative effect on people within the community and people who do identify as bisexual or want to identify as bisexual. It is interesting how the meaning of words change over time, but it's also when you're relating that word to someone's identity, what those consequences can have, both positive and negative. Yeah, I, I kind of see it problematic to put labels on people's sexual identity. I mean, because they're constantly changing anyway. But people want labels. People want to identify. Yeah, you want feel, a community, People feel right? comfortable with labels. Yeah. I get that. Yeah, yeah and I can and I can see how um, the term maybe um, bisexual can be split into all these different categories and groups. Because I mean, just the word, the understanding of the word bi meaning two. Mm. <clears throat> if it's more than two, then that label no longer applies to me. But it is more than two. Bi can be more than two. Isn't by definition two, like bicycle is two? Absolutely. Two wheels? Absolutely. However, if I say like me and unlike me, that's two. Yes? Right. Genders of my, yeah, so, my so own then gender. It's, so then it's your own personal understanding of the word. It just depends on how close yeah, is yeah, your... So you split hairs, don't you? It's how close is your microscope. Yeah. How, yeah. yeah okay. But that's exactly what Bradford was saying, is that you're splitting hairs between bi, pan, omni. Yeah. And, and yeah. ultimately what... Anybody who's labeling themselves as one of these things is looking for is a community. And so what we need is a greater yes. community that accepts all of these and encompasses all of these, as opposed to alienating people who are the tiny, tiniest bit different than us. We don't want that, right? We want to be inclusive. We want people to make people feel included. Yeah. 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 Because what, I mean, ultimately what the opposition wants, and I'm going to say the opposition in this case is the conservative mindset mm -hmm. they want us to separate into smaller and smaller factions because the smaller the faction the easier it is to crush it that's, yes. and, and it's yeah. already a small yeah. enough faction and we're so already small enough it. so yeah. Yeah. let's band together yeah. in a bi plus umbrella yeah um you call yourself pansexual i wholeheartedly support that yep. call yourself omnisexual again 100 yeah, percent. whatever yep. label yep. That you whatever feel comfortable label with. yeah that's... remember that together we are stronger than we are individually yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And that we can crush the conservatives ourselves. <laughs> yeah. <That's>, yeah. <laughs> and also we should eat the rich. Yeah. <laughs> and and so then if we're talking umbrella terms. Yes. We're going to finally make it to fucking queer. Fuck God. Oh. Yeah. Yay. Okay. Oof. That's next week's podcast. Tune in. <laughs> <laughs> but first the commercial. <laughs> Honestly, it's not a bad idea. <laughs> hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Look, you've heard of me talking about it before. CuriousHumansGame.com. That's right. It's a great game to play. Friends, family, like, you know, everyone. Everyone should play Curious Humans Games. Check them out. They've got a lot of great add-ons to their base game. And just, like, get yourself talking to your partner. Get yourself talking to your partners. Go to CuriousHumansGames.com. Use checkout code by the by. That's B-Y-T-H-E-B-I. And you will get 10% off. That's right. That's our gift to you. It's great. CuriousHumansGame.com. Check out code by the by. B-Y-T-H-E-B-I. Give me a... I want a color. And purple. purple. Okay. A color is purple. And give me your dream gift on your birthday. Blowjob. Okay. <laughs> I feel left out. 
Well, you were slow. <laughs> slow people get left out. <laughs> you can know, give me a blowjob if it makes you feel like more <laughs> inclusive. A purple one. <laughs> the other day, I was searching for some sexy things on adamneve.com. That's right. Because I was going to use checker code by the by. That's B Y T H E B I. And you know what? Because I was wanting something like I could stick my dick in and like I want it to feel like a blowjob. That's what I want. And I really wanted something purple. And I realized that my, my dick itself was purple because it didn't have a blowjob. Uh, so if you want a one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater to uh, fuck. Penis eater. <laughs> it was a one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple penis eater. Uh, if you want something like that to fuck, a toy... Like you may not find that exact thing on adamandeve.com, but you will definitely find something to put your junk in. I promise you that. And you know what? When you use checkout code, by the by, that's B-Y-T-H-E-B-I, you will get an item at 50% off. On top of that, you'll get six videos on demand. You'll get, oh, so many sexy little toys thrown in your box with it. You'll also get free shipping. That's the thing. Worldwide free shipping. Adamandeve.com. By the by, B Y T H E B I, and you will find like that. Mm, you'll just get that blowjob. That yeah, that's what it'll be like. Only you'll just have to wait for the free shipping to deliver it to your door. That's right. And um, purple. There's no words that ride with purple. So, Murple. <laughs> nurple. Purple, nurple. There you go. All right. We'll see you next week for next episode of. Adam and Eve improv, you know, <laughs> tell them that you love it. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe don't tell them anything about it because they'll probably drop us as a sponsor. It's fine. It's fine. Adamandeve.com. By the by. Thank you for that commercial break, Bradford. Um. <laughs> and now the moment you've all been waiting for. <laughs> um, yeah. So we're going to move on to the word queer. Yay. Okay. So, the word queer entered the English language in the 16th century. Wow. Okay. It originally meant strange, odd, peculiar, or eccentric. Ooh. I think Kobe identifies as all of those I things. Do. <laughs> oh, and also, uh, that makes me think of Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. What year did you say? 1600. Oh, never mind. 16th century. So 16th century. So 1500. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, yeah. when we get to 1865, let me, t- let me know. <laughs> <laughs> it, won't, it won't take long. In fact, it'll be very short. Excellent. Uh, so, yeah. So the word queer can refer to something suspicious or not quite right or to a person with mild derangement or who exhibits socially inappropriate behavior. Oh, yet, so. yet again, I identify. Oh. Really, um, I feel like that's all of us. So the first thing I actually have is 1894-95. Interesting. So if you have something in 1865, then let's go with that. I do. So Lewis Carroll wrote uh, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland in 1865. Okay. And... Uh, Alice, I remember reading, she always refers to everything as queer, queerer and queerer, meaning stranger and stranger. As You're right. As she goes down the rabbit hole right. uh, and deeper into Wonderland, she refers to every single fucking thing she, like. And that was 1865. Yeah. And that was okay. written in 1865. And she kept referring to things as queer, strange, um, queerer and queerer. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Well, sorry. <laughs> but the Oxford- You sound so shocked that I'm right. No, but I just, I, yeah, I didn't come across that. Yeah. But now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, no, I do yeah. remember that. Uh, but the Oxford English Dictionary uh, says that the noun queer was first used, maybe in this definition of queer, maybe that's it. Okay. Uh, but first used to mean homosexual. Oh, yeah. No, she wasn't talking about no, that. No, she wasn't. She was talking about strange. She's like right. 12. Yeah. But it was first used to mean homosexual by the Marquess of Queensbury in 1894. It's probably the Marquis. No. And the Marquess. Because during the infamous 1895 trial of Oscar Wilde, oh. a letter from the Marquis of Queensbury. <laughs> What's the difference? Deta- yeah. Fuck you. That's why you're the smart one, babe. <laughs> <laughs> Detailed his disgust at Wilde's relationship with his son, Lord Alfred Douglas. And it was read aloud in court. And he refers to Wilde and other homosexual men of the time as, quote, snob queers. Oh. So that was the first use of it, meaning homosexual. I get oh. called snob queer sometimes on Grinder because like, <laughs> I'm not into you. God, you're such a snob queer. 
1914, the adjective queer began to mean homosexual more so in the U.S. And it was... 1914? Yes. And it was more derogatory from outside, not as much within the group. And so that kind of insinuates that it was a bit more self-descriptive. So like within the group, it's fine. But outside the group, it's seen as derogatory. We see that with a lot of words throughout history, right? Especially if you're talking about anything, group, racial, et cetera. N-word. That happens a lot. Yeah. Also, weirdly, in this point in history, between there, uh, in 1922, queer start to began to mean a feeling of unwellness or something that is questionable, suspicious. So, like, you know, just as if you, you're feeling queer, yeah, you're feeling, feeling unwell. Smear yeah. campaign started. Which is also weird because then in 1965, it reverts back to a bit more of its homosexual meaning. So, so there must have just been like a weird time in between where it's just, again, feeling a bit odd, feeling a bit strange, which is more of the original meaning of the word. So, in, yeah, in 1965, it was meant as a slang for homosexual, but it was not necessarily a slur. Uh, and so it didn't become more of a slur until really around the 80s, 90s. And then it became more of a slur, again, from outside the community. But from within the community, within the homosexual community, queer was adopted as as a, as a word. And it was in like gay pride kinds of things. And so it was not seen as a slur from within the community. And even in like uh, 1990, the queer nation popularized the phrase, we're here, we're queer, get used yeah, to it. yeah. So that was in New York in response to the HIV AIDS AIDS epidemic there. And and so, yeah, Queer Nation was, they were activists that that marched against that. And so it was kind of starting to shift at that point. But again, from outside the community, it has negative connotation within not so much. So it's it's that community trying to take it back and trying to, to kind of reclaim that word. But at the time, even it was meant queer was meant at more as homosexual and it was homosexual only. And I think it's been a bit of that in most of its history. Now it has evolved a bit and there's not a good solid single meaning anymore as to what the word means. But generally it's accepted that queer means not heterosexual, not cisgender, not heteroromantic and not monogamous. So something outside of all of those norms. So it's a bit more like you hear gender queer. Mm. You'll hear gender fluid. Uh, queer has also become an umbrella term that c- encompasses both orientations, community, gender status. And so you see it used a lot more as an umbrella term at this point. So it's kind of gone through a bit of history as a bit more of a negative term for homosexuals, accepted within the community for homosexuals. And now it's a bit of an umbrella term for all the groups under this alphabet soup umbrella can kind of so fall under that. So the word itself has kind of reverted back to its original meaning of not of the norm, mm. but yeah. in relation to yeah. one's sexuality. Yeah, absolutely. Or well, lifestyle choice. Gender, yeah. lifestyle, or yeah, one's all of it. Definition, self-definition. Yeah. Self-definition, yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting because my experience with the word queer is long and sorted <laughs> yeah and i remember even within the last five years having tried to lump myself into a category of queer being told that i wasn't allowed to use that word because it the meaning was gender queer uh, or like they didn't actually say that specifically but that was the implication and i'm like no 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 no. like you can be and i love that definition although you use the word and and i would have preferred the word or I think it should be or. Because I do think it includes anybody who isn't, you know, heterosexual, cisgendered, or... Heteromantic. Heteromantic, or, or, yeah, or monogamous. And that all of us kind of fit into that because it goes back to what I said before, which is we're what the other side wants us to do is to separate. And as long as we can combine together, we're like... um, What's the mini, like the, the robot that we have different arms and like I'm a leg and Voltron. We are Voltron. That's right. Voltron. We are queer Voltron if we go together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's that's what I'm aiming for. Yeah. 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 Look, and I, I can't I'm say queer I disagree. Voltron's yeah. left leg. Can't say I disagree with that. Yeah. 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 I also think it's interesting that if you look in academia, the word queer is, is coming up a lot more and there's even like you can get degrees in queer studies and queer theory, yeah. which is something that was never a thing when we were going oh through God, school. Oh God, no. Right? Queer history, I know as well. Yeah. It's just amazing how many options are out there and, and how much more visibility that brings 
and how much it encompasses like areas like biology, sociology, anthropology, philosophy, psychology, sexology, political science. Like it brings in so many different areas and it's just amazing. And I love it. And I'm, I'm so happy that those options are out there for people now. Yeah. I'm also makes, a bit jealous. I'm also jealous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would yeah. have been, been kind of interesting to study. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, but that's an interesting word, I feel like, and just how it's gone through history and how it's changed. And it and it does, you know, typify a word that goes from something that's very innocuous to something that has a bit more negative connotation. And now it's coming back to a bit more positive connotation as, as people take it and, and try to use it as a bit more of an umbrella. Term. Yeah, and they own it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah see, yeah, see I, I, well, I grew up in the 80s and 90s. Yes. And, well, in Australia, I went to a private school and... It was a derogatory term. Yeah. That's yeah. why I find it difficult to identify with it now. Mm. Um, and it's probably one of the main reasons really that I hate uh, – well, not that I hate, that, I, that I, I don't like putting labels on people because I just find it's, it's – there are so many different connotations and different, um, uh, different perceptions from, from – from, someone that you're conversing with from what they think that that or a term may mean to what you you think it means mm, yeah um so i find it difficult to put to put a label on on, yeah. on people in the way they feel about other people it's because it, it, it is constantly changing and it is easily misinterpreted from one person to the next to, to use the term alphabet soup that angela just used previously every letter in the alphabet soup to me, has at some point been used as a negative connotation and it becomes very difficult to take ownership of any of those and as a positive spin because of exactly that. At some point, you've heard it as a negative yeah, yeah. or it's sure. been directed at yeah. someone you yes. know and you well, love a as a negative. Yeah. And all of those words, words have power. That's yeah. I guess, is the big thing. They really do for everybody and we need to get on the same page and we all need to stop infighting. Um, and and really just bound together and however you want to identify whatever term you want to use for yourself that's fine let's just do it together yeah so uh, you know I I definitely hear what you're saying because again growing up in the southeast of the U.S. very conservative words like that were used as weapons against people yes I think that's the important thing to remember is that words are used as weapons and weapons can be used to attack or to defend defend yeah and like I love taking back words and like taking back the word slut is something that I refer to myself as a slut all the time. And I remember growing up, slut was one of those, like it was one of those cutting words that you would hear in the schoolyard that as soon as somebody, as soon as the S word came out, like that was something that smacked people down. That was something that put people in their place. It's like cunt. Yeah. It's like cunt. Yeah. And like you, you can use those words as well to, like the more you say it, the less value it has to those trying to wield it as a weapon. Um, slut, like call me a slut. Fuck, I don't care. And I think as long as we can take these words and own them, and queer is one that I absolutely, I absolutely love it. And I don't know yeah. why. Maybe it's because I've heard so many people called queer in the schoolyard and it was negative. And now I know that the more times I take it and use it, it's slowly building up the armor so that the next well, person that that's, uses I, it. I think that's what it is for me because I don't have armor against it. Yeah. Because I, cause I've, I've heard it so much in, in my formative years as being a negative thing. And when I now think of myself as being queer, which let's face it, I am, there's something deep in me that still resonates there's something wrong with yeah. you yeah I, I promise you there's nothing wrong with you no i know i and i, I, in, <laughs> and, I and this would be one of those times that i would be like loud. sarcastically say that there is something wrong but there is nothing wrong with you yes but i think that that's a that's a difficult thing for me to um uh balance yeah mm. no i understand in, in my head yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but i like the word queer because to me it encompasses a bit of of all the pieces of me that I feel, it, it encompasses the bisexuality, it encompasses the non-monogamy, it encompasses the kink, and it sums all of that up into one word because it's an umbrella term, right? So, it, like, if somebody needs me summed up in one word, that that's an easy go-to. It's a bit of a cop-out, I get it, but it's it's an easy go-to because it gets all of those in one, as opposed to saying, you know, bisexual, non-monogamous, kinky, mm. whatever, blah, blah. And so it, it does yeah. kind of sum a lot of that up because it's all in that umbrella. And, and it, 
I do feel like it's a bit of a cop out because it is an umbrella, but at the same time, it's it 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 gets all the pieces of me there, right? Yeah. I'll also yeah. say that the one of the things I love about it is how many times it's been used against me as a weapon. Yeah. If I wear it as a as a shield, yeah, that you can't hurt me. Like queer is one of those words that was used a lot against me, and even in the past ten years. Uh, and I still think like, you can't hurt me. Not with that word. That is a word that like I now hold with pride. Um, and like, yeah. if you try to use that against me, like it doesn't work because I love it. It's a, and I, but I do understand those formative years of those building years. Um, but I guess it's funny. It goes back to words are just words and we give them the power. I've always been amazed that like the word fuck is bad, but frig is okay. Um, damn is, is bad, but, but dang is okay. Like there's literally no difference between those words, literally no difference Mm. except for the value that we put on them. And I think back to being a kid, shit and shoot, you know, like things like that. You could say shoot and it was fine, but shit was, Mm -hmm. why is one bad over another other than the power we give them? Words have nothing but the power that we give them. And it's, it's fucking arbitrary. It it is arbitrary though, but. We have, and I'll, you just said one a moment ago, and I'll give another example, um, that there's a couple of words out there that are completely broken. The N-word. Yeah. Or the yes. word retard yeah. fair, is fair a enough. completely broken yeah. word that fair we enough. do not use for some reason. Yeah, and yeah, we can go into that. That's a whole, that's a whole podcast. other podcast. Yeah. Hey, that's <laughs> outside of my intellectual scope. But we do not use those but, words. But and the also, reasons that's also evolution too. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's no, evolution. That's, and it, it's amazing that we can take the power back of a word like mm-hmm, queer mm-hmm. and embrace it. And it's a realization like, hey, and we, we can do better. We, we can do, do better, better and we and, should do better. And but it is amazing that there are some words that just we can't yeah. come back from yeah. Yeah. Um, and because we've given them that much power can uh, I, it's amazing can I give you an example of one of those yeah, uh-huh. yeah. faggot yes and fag perfect example so I will be honest I've heard I've heard the gay community use fag and faggot in a endearing loving in a positive way in a loving okay. way yeah. okay well uh, but but also the n-words used within their community in a loving and positive way fair as enough well. yeah fair enough yeah um, and it is something that I've heard many times, and it shocks me every time I hear it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I haven't heard it that way. Um, so faggot is, or faggot fag, often shortened. It's generally a pejorative term referring to gay men. Yes. And in American youth culture around the turn of the 21st century, its meaning extended to broader reaching insult of more related to masculinity and group power structure. The 21st century. Uh-huh. So this is early 2000s. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. And also, oddly, weirdly, I, I hadn't heard this. I don't, I'm not British, whatever. But in British English, fag is also common slang for cigarettes. Yes. Yes. Or, a, or a tedious task. Yeah. yeah. I didn't, I've we not we heard used that. to buy little... Um, Little candies that were cigarettes, okay. you know, that you'd eat. They were called fags. Interesting. They, and they got renamed in the 90s to As fads. fads. Oh, fads, fads. Okay. Yeah. But, but the word fag um, goes back, if you look at English culture, 1500s, it was used in universities as the fags and they were the newer young students that were made to do menial tasks. Yeah, we'll get to some of that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in Middle English, actually in the late ter- 13th century, 13th so a century. little bit it's before, a bit no, no yeah. we're not there yet. In the 13th century. <laughs> Shut up, smart boy. Beep, beep, you're, we'll get to you. You're there, but we'll get there. We got to start earlier. Uh, the late 13th century, uh, it was meant as a bundle of sticks for fuel. And it came from the French faggot, F-A-G-O-T, and from Italian fagato, based on the Greek phacolos, P-H-A-K-E-L-O-S, bundle. So it's a bundle of sticks for fuel. And then it kind of became a bit, in the 1550s, uh, it became emblematic of burning of heretics. So fire and faggot, that was used to indicate punishment of a heretic. Okay. Um, Makes perfect sense. Yeah. And... Heretics who recanted were required to wear an embroidered figure of a faggot on the sleeve as an emblem and reminder of what they deserved. Uh, also, Dark. also weirdly, in 1851, it was a traditional British dish made from the innards of pigs. 
to the liver, lungs, heart, and spleen, mixed mm. with breadcrumbs rolled in bowls and braised in stock. Pretty sure I had that in the South. <laughs> wow. But again, from the same kind of root of the word, meaning little bits and pieces bound up together, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Other obsolete British meanings of the word faggot were a man hired into military service to fill out the ranks at muster. So, yeah. yeah. And so there was that. And then there was a vote manufactured for party purposes in the early 1800s. But it became known as a male homosexual term in the early 1900s, 1914, probably from early contemptuous term for women in the 15, late 1500s especially an old and unpleasant one in reference to a faggot or a bundle of sticks. It's something awkward that has to be carried. Um, so like baggage or a worthless Damn. woman, troublesome, slatternly. Yeah. 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 Uh, so then there's a few other meanings kind of suggested throughout that, that are a bit, you know, here, there, whatever. There is an explanation that male homosexuals were called faggots because they were burned at the stake as punishment. Mm. That is an etymological urban legend. Burning sometimes was a punishment uh, used for homosexuals in Christian Europe, but in England, where Parliament had made homosexuality a capital offense in 1533, hanging was the pre- the prescribed method. Oh, that's better. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it sounds like a much more painless way <laughs> yeah. to die. I mean, it does. I mean, arguably, it, <laughs> it is. does. Yeah. But but overall, like this word has had, and I would say still has. I'm not as as in tune with the current gay culture, yeah. but. And a negative connotation very much throughout history. Like, it's never really become a positive thing. Yeah, Yeah. I have heard it, I would say, um, equivalent to something like saying someone saying, bitch, please. Mm. Like, Uh. bag, please. Like, I've I've literally heard that. Or or in a a lovingly, like, a a way of calling someone a slut, but very sweetly. So that, to me, that looks like the beginnings of a group, a culture trying to take it back and and use it in a positive way and also when you use it internally and lovingly to one another it's very different as opposed to if i were to say that to oh, someone uh, yeah, it absolutely. would be horrible right but again it's it's that beginning stages i feel like of taking that word back which is good because if, if you're going to try to give it a positive spin you've got to start that somewhere right yeah, yeah let's let's let it have a positive spin yeah you, i mean like yeah. If you want to have, if you want to use that term and you want to have it as a term of endearment, you go for it. And it only has the meaning that you give to it, right? Correct. The power that you give it's, to it. Yeah, it's all about the power that you give to the word. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a word that I would advise anybody using. Uh, no, not not unless you're within one of these communities and it's accepted within that group that you're part of. Yes. Then there you go. See, there you go. <laughs> it's, read, it's all about context, right? Read yeah. the room. <laughs> read, read the goddamn room. room. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, I think word origin, I think we've all learned something tonight. Have we? Have we all learned something? Yes. A lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Angela, thank you so much for, like, oh, fuck, all the work you've done. Oh, yes, so much a, work. It's very involved research. You do a I great mean, job. But I like it. Like, yeah, I, it's just, I find this stuff just so fascinating to find out about. And there's, I mean... There's so much information on the internet and it's almost so much that it's overwhelming. It's how do you piece it together and put it together, but in a logical fashion. Yeah. yeah. And there's, and there's so many different ways that you can take it, right? You can go by like what I did was more literal meaning. You can also go by how has it affected people throughout Mm. time and the like more cultural meaning can be different. So there's a lot of different ways you can approach it. It's interesting to see some of the words uh, start from their original meaning they get twisted, distorted, and then back to some version of their original meaning. It'll be interesting to see what um, what sort of uh, the technological advances and social media would have had to do with those changes. Yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. What does the future hold? What does the next 10 years look like? Yes, yeah. Well, now that if once someone comes up with a word and, and it's spread throughout society so quickly and easily yeah. now. Yeah. And also, like, you know, 50 years from now when – we have a Discord listener whose grandchild is listening to this, <laughs> and they go back and they listen. And be like, "Wow, that word doesn't mean that anymore." Yeah, yeah, I, I can imagine that in in. Uh, Damn you, great grand slutty! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In the twenty five hundreds, they're gonna go. Damn, that person was so gentleman, meaning sexy. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I don't think that's ever gonna happen. I don't. Oh, uh, start it now. <laughs> spread it out there. Oh my god, he's so gentleman. <laughs> oh. No, what's gonna happen is like people are like. Mm, did you hear about Kevin? He's so gentleman. Really? Yeah, he hovered for like 
10 seconds. <laughs> we heard him a block and a half away. <laughs> he gentlemaned the shit out of him. So like now we're getting into the Cloud Atlas territory. Yeah. <laughs> In the, the boom boom. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and people will be like, oh, my God, I got a Kobe in word <laughs> history. Like, it's going to be a degree. <laughs> my dad's going to kick my ass. My, dad, my dad's going to kick my ass because I'm not Kobe enough. <laughs> and just... Yeah, let's not forget how many words have been added to the dictionary just in our lifetime. Okay, right? okay. If you were to make up a word, what would it be? Barf nugget. And what would that mean? Um, it's a location where you can park your car and have sex. <laughs> okay. Hey, I've got a farf nugget. Want to fool around? <laughs> In my Tesla? Meet me, meet, meet me at the farf nugget. <laughs> awesome. I love it. All right, new word. <laughs> farf nugget. Yeah, farf nugget. Do you have a word? I can't beat that. I, I, I just, I'm just thinking about your farf nugget. <laughs> I get that a lot. Um, I'll rent it out to you. <laughs> Ten bucks an hour. <laughs> Just have to swipe the card. It's fine. Gentlemen, do you have a word? No. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll stick with Farf Nugget. Yeah. Farf Nugget. Word of the so, day. So I, don't, I don't have that level of imagination. I just pull bullshit out. And I just want to say that the word dad bod yeah. was added to the dictionary this year. And, <gasps> and I am. Was it? It was. Wow. So it's now official. This is an uh, actual thing. Nice. I love it. <laughs> Um, I would also say Corlene. Well, so we're going to have dad bod synonym, Kobe. (laughs) (laughs) Synonym, all of us. All of us. Um, I want a word like Corlene, which means that my colon is clean and ready for fucking. Um, And like, that's like, it means like I have put the effort in. Like, Uh. do you want to? Do you want to go down on me because I'm Corlene? Corlene. Uh, Totally. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Corlene and ready to mingle. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, That's what I mean. All right. So. What's your word? Do you want to hear about more words? Things like cuckolding, pegging. We've got all the words. Just let us know. What are your words? What do you want to hear us? We can do another episode. It's great. Uh, email us, theatomsoflove at gmail.com. You can message us on any of our socials. We are at By the By Podcast on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook. You can message us through our website, www.bythebye.com.au. Go to the contact page, or you can join us on our Discord. Just support us, www.patreon.com slash podcast. Support us at any level. You can join us on our Discord, and you can be one of the ones that suggests us the word for like our future podcast. It'll be great. Yeah, exciting. Thank you so much to our brilliant, sexy. My God, look at you two! Look at you two! Oh yeah, I look at am literally dogs. Corlene for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I love you both. Thank you guys for being on tonight's. Podcast. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us and everyone listening, take your words back and give them power. That's right. They're yours. Fucking own them. Yep. And we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 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 Mm